Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was wounded! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Gene! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I am the ferryman. In the shadows of the afterlife, the ferryman of souls guides America's most influential spirits to their eternal rest. Where are you taking me? Are you death? This road is not on any map. How much for a ticket? All I ask for in payment is a tail. I don't know who got to Kennedy first. And the devastation those first bombs caused. I've never been to hell, but I know intimately the hymns of the damned. Binge the season of The Passage now. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to Worst Year Ever, a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome to the worst year ever. We'll get through it together or not. Everything is so dumb, 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 Hey, welcome back to the worst year ever. My name is It is. That was a weird intro. No, it was great. Um, got your name cool. out there? Got my name out there. I, I introduced the show. What's your name? Oh, it's Cody Johnston. It's, it's, that's right, it is. Yes, thank you. <laughs> and joining us, as always, is... I'm dying. That is I'm dying. Uh, <laughs> Robert's not feeling Robert's very well. Robert's not feeling my well. Name, <laughs> I'm Robert Evans, and I uh, was recovering from the crud that I caught from all of those gun owners in Virginia. <laughs> And uh, then I had to do a live show in San Francisco and just ruined my my voice. Yeah. So I am going to sit back and listen to my friends today. <laughs> I'm sure you'll have some things to chirp in. I think you sound great, but you do sound you sound beautiful. You look beautiful too. He's wrapped up in a nice cozy robe. He's got his tissues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. I, you know, yeah. we miss you being here in LA for sure. But at this moment, I'm glad mm. you're there. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I would have gotten you all sick, and I would have done it on purpose. I know. Yeah. I know you would have. Instead of throwing machetes, you'd yeah. be throwing germs You'd at be us. throwing your germs right in our faces. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, get, your, get your chucking germs out. Um, <laughs> so this week, uh, we wanted to dig a little bit deeper into the differences between Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren. Um feels per- personally, I feel like I've been talking about this a lot lately. Cody and I talked about it a little bit on our other show it's last true. week. 
Um, and, and I know it might seem like we're harping on Warren and Sanders a lot, which I guess we are. Sure. But I think that the majority of our listeners are probably split between the two of them. And uh, voting starts for some of you guys like now. So mm-hmm. it feels like now is the time to have this conversation. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and I think uh, it's I love also... conversations. <laughs> conversations are good. Discourse is great. Everybody has a good time during it. Nobody hates it. Uh, nobody gets yeah, it's mad so or hurt. Easy. Um, I think it's a good uh, it's a good time because it's a constant reminder of the fact that this is the worst year ever for everybody. And I know that in the past few weeks, at least for me, and leading into the 2020 year that we're currently in, uh, it has felt so much like 2016. Yeah. And it always has a little bit. Like, 2016 never really ended. It, and it never really will. It never will. We're stuck there. Is and that that's... the OG worst year ever? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It was yeah. the worst year. And we're reliving uh, just, like, heightened versions of it mm-hmm. every every year. As so the they do get pass. worse. They get worse. But that was like, all right, it's time. Yeah. It's time for only bad years from now yeah, on. Yeah. Yeah. This, this conversation definitely feels like we're back in 2016 in a lot of ways. Um, yeah, especially now. Like recently, it's been like, oh, by the way, we're going to yeah. do it again. It's going to be miserable. And I guess part of the reason why I think it's important, I'm going to spin it positive here, Ooh. is that it's it's these actually are two of the most progressive presidential candidates that we've ever seen. Uh, and we're lucky to have them. I think a lot of my frustration around this conversation comes from the fact that a lot of people seem to forget that really quickly. We're all very quick to paint Warren as a liar and Bernie as an asshole or whatever it is that people want to frame Bernie as. And the media exacerbates this. And soon everyone is just pissed off at each other. And uh, yeah, so I just wanted to say that. Take Mm -hmm. a moment of appreciation for being fortunate enough to have two great candidates uh, and to even be having these conversations. We don't actually have to take a moment. Yeah, no, that was a moment. Yeah. Um, so you're saying that she's not necessarily a neoliberal shill and he's not necessarily a sexist anti-Semite? Exactly. I think the okay. truth is somewhere in the middle there. Mm. Um, also, I mean, this is a scary conversation for me to have. I, I, every time we talk about it, I get a lot of shit online from some of you guys. And okay, we're all worked up about all of it. But part of this conversation, I hope, is to like... Uh, dial to show a way to have these conversations in a more productive manner. Well, Katie, before you get into it, I want to try and just detract perhaps some uh, some some heat from you by starting this episode with my contention that Bernard Sanders was the real gunman on the grassy knoll who shot dead JFK. Oh so God, bold that'll, statement. That'll, uh, Not yeah, Ted Cruz's yeah. dad. No, no, Ted Cruz's dad was the ammo man, though. Oh, okay, okay, wow. Okay. Mm, that's called bipartisanship yeah, yeah, right there. Yeah. Okay. Um, exactly, well, Robert's exactly. predictions. And that's and, why Bernie should be president. Mm-hmm. He's going to bring us all together. It's just, it's yeah. all full circle. And like, I also want to say, I, I don't, I still don't know who I'm voting for. A lot of people are like, oh, you're just, you're only going to ever vote for Warren. I think, I'm like, no, I, I feel the need to defend her because I think that she gets mischaracterized and I like her. But it doesn't mean that I'm necessarily voting for her. So anyway, that's yeah. my my two cents on that all that. Sense because you're yeah. I mean, like you're saying, like she's not Hillary Clinton. Um, yeah. There are issues I have, but like it's not the same. And being seeing that it's treated as the same yeah. thing is probably frustrating. So okay, uh, 
like I mentioned last week on Even More News, we talked about this whole he said, she said, woman running for president controversy thing. And then we had a larger conversation about the toxic climate online surrounding this whole election and the sexism that we still seem to be struggling with as a party. Um, And it was an interesting conversation. And I think that a lot of you guys also agreed. uh, So we wanted to keep that going. Um, But yeah, if you if you remember, CNN reported that last year, Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders had some sort of a meeting to discuss policies and got into a dispute as to whether or not a woman could win the presidency. Bernie denied the allegations, saying that it was a discussion about how Trump would manipulate any weaknesses. And again, I don't want to spend too much time talking about this right now. Yeah, it just really disappointed me how so many people's initial reaction was to immediately jump to, uh, you know, she's a liar. And then there was just this huge, aggressive and disproportionate online blowback against her, like millions of snake emojis, hashtags calling her a lying snake, calling for refunds for their donations, etc. And I personally perceive the snake symbol as uh, in this specific context as as being sexist. I know that not everybody agrees with me. I know that you don't, Cody. Um, we can get into that if you want. But even outside of that, to me, the Im- immediately jumping to the conclusion that she is the liar is kind of sexist. Uh, it's a he said, she said situation, and immediately people uh, assumed that she is the wrong party in here. And I think that the truth of the matter is that it's something that's much more gray than that. I think that they're probably both right in their perceptions of how that conversation went. It's room. There's room for that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, again, like we're not going to get super into what we've right. already talked about. But uh, I think that I mean, my main a lot of my pushback was about the media uh, right. and how they framed it and how they continued to frame it. Yeah. Um, and how her response like during the debate. Uh, was sort of em- an embrace of the framing that CNN was going for. Right. Like the, uh, oh, so Bernie, you're saying you didn't say this. Yeah, I didn't say that. So Elizabeth, what did you say when he said that? And her response was, well, I disagreed. So that's right. accepting the narrative that they're framing to get that answer. And um, I think, and, and the what it, the, my response to that is like, yeah, I mean, if that's how she interpreted this conversation, if that's how it re- plays out in her mind, Part of me is like, why is she, should she be expected to like back down from that? She's angry. But she didn't. If she didn't leak the story, then it was just a, like a leaked story about her like private conversation. So is it the a kind of thing where she's like, I'm mad about this and I want to talk about it? Well, she's being everybody's talking about it and she's being put on the spot to talk about it. And I think that the whole conversation about it has been unfair and she's probably even more angry. I mean, that's reading into it. That's my interpretation. Because to me, I'm just sitting here imagining myself in that conversation and you're talking to one of your dear friends where you're very much aligned and being told as a woman that you can't do something that you really want to do, it's humiliating. I would feel humiliated if I was her and this story came out. And in that moment with somebody that she really respects – I bet she was pissed. I don't think she leaked it. I know that she talked about it like a year ago. And then the story gets circulated again now at this point in time. I, I've also said this on the other show. The accusations that she did it on purpose seem really far-fetched to me. Maybe somebody pushed it from her side. But we don't see any evidence of that from what I can tell. And she has run a campaign that is so staunchly avoided this kind of a conversation that it doesn't make sense to me. And it's hurting her. It's hurting her. I, I, I doesn't it, logically, it doesn't make sense to me. 
I, I hear your argument that like you feel like she should have squashed it at that moment. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. But I I don't know. I, I don't know that I would have wanted to. I, I think that I would be a little bit fed up. I mean, and that's my yeah, that's yeah. my perspective. I guess by not squashing it or not like like by accepting their narrative, like later that day, CNN had a headline like the candidates debate on whether or not a woman can be president. And like literally nobody right, was debating that. And that's obnoxious. Um, Again, and even like we've had this conversation about uh, what Trump will probably do uh, in the election, as we saw in 2016, yep. <laughs> two weeks before this a uh, big thing about this private conversation between friends broke. Uh, Joe Biden uh, on camera in front of reporters for people to see said the exact same thing. Yeah. He said in 2016, Hillary Clinton had to deal with a lot of sexism. I won't have to deal with that. It's the same thing. And yeah. nobody cares. Nobody brought it up. I agree it's not with a you. thing. Um, so I, I, so it's, I'm always, I'm just. I completely agree <laughs> with you I, about that. I think that that's bizarre and uh, and blatant moves by the media and all of this, and they certainly exacerbated I, this. But I want us to be <laughs> able to see it happening and to not immediately jump to attacking the woman and then women and people online that support them, the the woman in question. Like it just feels very ugly to me. Um, and personally, especially in the in the 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 thick of all that, I felt like a little bit. Uh, a little bit betrayed in a way, and that's the extreme version of it. Uh, you know, when I think about people who I want, I, I assume in general we're allied with, um, are incapable of like taking a step back and 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 thinking about it from a female perspective. This whole situation, just this situation, mm-hmm. um, it it bothers me. And I, <laughs> I've said this before. That's also this reaction kind of makes me think that, yeah, a woman can't win in this climate if the people on our side um, are so quick to jump to these conclusions about her. Mm. Yeah, I I think a lot of it might come down to the fact that, like, we're all having this filtered through the media that exists in this country, the mainstream media that exists in this country, um, which is not only bad at journalism – um, but also exists to stoke division and uh, disagreement and discordance because that makes for better television. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a major factor in why this got out of hand as quickly as it did. And I, I do think that it may have an, the impact of actually kind of exaggerating how difficult it is for a woman to become president in this country. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I will say it's one of the few things that, that makes me happy that the media ecosystem in this nation is collapsing in on itself like a dying star <laughs> um, because it's, it's very irresponsible. Yeah. And I do think it's making it hard for anyone to really know where the people of this country lay on issues like this and also is making – you know, is creating these sort of conflicts that would not – in a responsible media ecosystem, this never would have been a story. Um, right. And I, I think that's frustrating. It's as frustrating as, for example, the media's uh, obsession with the fact that Bernie Sanders used a Manlicker Carcano rifle to shoot JFK when he was driving through <laughs> Dallas that day. Yeah. Um, they won't shut know, up yes, about it's it. Yes, it's not yeah. – it's an Italian-made rifle. It's not an American-made <laughs> rifle. But if you look at what was available on the civilian market at that time, it and was, what was accomplishable with working it, man's option know? for shooting the president. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Bernie Sanders, you know, is 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 going to pick like the affordable working person's choice. You know, exactly. even if that means not buying American. And I, for one, support that. 
Thank you, Robert. His, it's like uh, it's like I mean his, his uh, campaign slogans. Not me. Nobody. Nobody's president. I'm a president killer. <laughs> Um, I think that it that we should uh, transition to talking a little bit about Bernie Bros since we've been talking about online climate, whether or not they exist. Uh, yeah. Cody and I have slightly different perspectives. Well, also I'm going to speak uh, about this, but also because I sort of to your point where you're talking about like you felt sort of betrayed by the reaction to the situation. Um, I've also talked to a lot of women who felt betrayed on the other side of it. I'm sure. Uh, I mean, I certainly don't Warren speak for all women. No, right. Well, right. So I, I just wanted to make sure that I'm sort of communicating. Yeah, you're stuff speaking too. for other women. Uh, exactly. Thank okay. you. Thank you, Cody, for um, framing it like that. Yeah, yeah no problem. <laughs> no, but it's true. I, I, I don't want to pretend like I represent everybody. That's just my perspective. And um, I, a lot of people that I speak with, and granted, that's because, you know, you. I have my friends, <laughs> like mm-hmm. the people that I'm aligned with and you communicate with. But it, it's difficult because, again, Bernie and Elizabeth are two great candidates. And I think a lot of people that are still waffling between feel attacked for still liking her. And it becomes difficult for a lot of people, the idea uh, that it's difficult to say like uh, that they're going to capitulate or whatever and start supporting Bernie. And that's not fair it's not good, you know, but I, I, I'm worry, I worry about this dialogue alienating people, which, again, is a, a good transition to talking about uh, the whole Bernie bro. The Bernard brothers. Phenomenon. Um, the alleged phenomenon. The alleged the phenomenon. Brothers. Cody does not believe that it exists or well, to the degree n- that no, we believe. Let me it. clarify. Yes, please what. do. I'm sorry. I think that sexism is a problem in America mm-hmm. um, and the globe and uh, – also, that every candidate has uh, very passionate slash toxic supporters. Sure. And I think that, uh, like I said, sexism is a problem. And uh, you can see it, and we'll talk about this a little more later, but you can see it from everyone. You can see it in every person's campaign, all their supporters. Um, I think that the Bernie bro specific thing um, is blown out of proportion, like we've talked about, by the media um to create a divisive narrative and also because they hate Bernie Sanders specifically. Yeah. And I I don't disagree with you that the media exacerbates like this. I can't I don't, I, but I have such a different experience than that. And and I think so many other people do that it's really hard to accept that because I feel it very intensely and I know I know that it's a problem across the board. Well, this is, right. So Hold on, let me just okay. finish this point really quick. <laughs> I know that it's a problem across the board and that sucks. We need to stop it. Stop talking to each other like this. But specifically, there are a lot of people that feel, and the Bernie, we don't have to call them Bernie bros. That's offensive name now. That's become pejorative. But like, you know, there's an, an aggressive type of, of reaction online, particularly and it's very alienating. It's very offensive. It's hard for me to accept that it's all just the media because I see it every day, personally. And I know that a lot of other people do as well. Um, yeah. Well, and that's. I mean, again, I'm not speaking for. I, I've I've just seen so many uh, so many women online who are like Bernie Sanders fans who have just like screen grabs and screen grabs of the exact same thing that you're describing. I'm sure. Um, and it's hard to gauge like like I just see so many so many takes of like yeah it's a problem in general but it's worse with Bernie Sanders 
I haven't seen there's no data on that. It's all I mean, how do you Well, how do you gauge that? It's all just sort of this anecdotal thing. Um and I think that having that claim and like you'll see especially in the past like week and a half uh as uh Sanders is growing and growing in the polls and popularity there have been like five articles and, about Bernie Bros. Sure, and, and I it's think like that that's, that's all they have, yeah. and that's why I resist it so much, and especially the name because it it it. I hear like How what about you're Bernie saying. Stands? Well, no, it's not even because it's not. I don't think it's a I Bernie thing. Works. I think it's just like there's there's well, sexism and misogyny, and yeah. some of them happen to support him, but it's not a him problem. He's like the only candidate who's actually. It is like, a him problem. He but talks he's, about he, but it. But he's the only candidate who's who's said, like, don't do it. He's the only one yeah, who speaks great. out about it. It's great. I'm not blaming Bernie. I'm talking about us. What can we do to control ourselves as we navigate the worst year ever? If you do not want that label, what can we do? Not to put that all on you, universal you. What can we do to detract from the potency of this story? How can we behave better to each other? And it's not just Bernie people, sure. How can we all do that? But it's indisputable beautiful that this exists because people are are passionate about their candidate and I love that especially the people from marginalized communities that see him as like being a real shot I get that but there there's a problem right now with how we're talking about it and yes the media is exacerbating it so let's take that power away from it let's stop doing it <laughs> well so I guess that's I mean I don't disagree with anything you said I just think that part of the problem is literally the term and what we're talking about now. So it's still being framed like this Bernie bro thing in uh, 20 in 2008. There were articles about Obama boys. Yeah. And like, again, it's not. And, but then there are also like all articles about like Clinton supporters posting child porn in Facebook groups to get them banned and things. It's everywhere. It's not this thing. I think part of how we talk to each other better is not, uh, it is using this uh, framework that the media is starving for. Except that it, it's it's for a lot of us, it feels much more potent within the Bernie movement. And again, I understand why, and I understand, and you you see it differently. I mean, if you were supporting Warren, maybe you would feel more of that <laughs> heat online. And you would have a different perspective. But I accept what you're saying. I understand where you're coming from. We have to take a break now. This has been so fun so far, though. It's <laughs> one of the best days of the best year. It's been as fun as when Bernie Sanders and Ted Cruz's father teamed up uh, to, <laughs> to, to give this nation a little shot in the arm. Just a little. Just a little. How do you do? Um, cool. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, products and services. Yeah. And, and then more of this. Ooh. Well, Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. 
Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table, because geek culture is pop culture, and we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor. Gene, we'll boot it. Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Gene, and Vlastar on the business. I understand now. He's a wise man who marries a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Gene. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Gene, run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Everything is so dumb, 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 dumb. Oh, cool, we're back from that break. More of our conversation. Uh, we're going to move on to other fresh new topics soon, but real quick, uh, Cody, why don't you talk to us about that New York Times article? Yeah, so this... This is uh, a recent New York Times article that came out about Bernie Bros, and it's one of, again, many that came out recently um, because they're all very, very scared. Um, And I think it's very indicative of kind of the problem with just like accepting this narrative wholesale. And and I personally am am just resistant to it because I know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, This New York Times piece about the Bernie's army of trolls is uh, it's written by three people. Uh, it seems like a lot for an article about uh, Bernie Bros, but that's fine. And there are just these some passages in there that I think are very interesting. But one one of their main sources for this article uh, was a woman named Candace, um, and it was about all the abuse she's gotten, harassment. Um, and one thing they don't seem to mention is that she is like a notorious troll who mm-hmm. harasses people online. Um, they're like. Uh, writers for other publications who've talked about how she, after they blocked her, she would send them emails and go to their other social media uh, mm-hmm. platforms to like harass them, which again is interesting. So I'm going to read these uh, passages real quick um, from the article. Um, but it's interesting that they didn't point out that she does the exact same thing. Right. And then like vicious, like sexist things too. There's a lot of sexism there. 
But this passage um, describing the behavior, they swarm someone online. More commonly, there is a barrage of jabs and threats, sometimes framed as jokes. If the target is a woman, and uh, it often is, these insults can veer toward her physical appearance. Uh, It just sort of describes this behavior of Bernie Bros specifically. And then there's this one short paragraph. His allies also argue that online combat is not unique to the Sanders side, with some high-profile women who support the senator saying they've been attacked too. And I think the way that they've phrased this is really interesting because on the one hand, you have this article describing a behavior. Mm -hmm. Like, they do this, they do this, they do this, they do this. And then there's this very short passage. And some people say that it's this. It's uh, a descriptive, factual statements. And then this sort of passive, like, and then some people say that it's actually another thing. Okay. And... When you literally using a, a source that engages in Isn't that exact a, behavior. Sure. And I'm not saying that a lot of this, like this is representative of what you've experienced or like the kind of messages you get. But the way they frame it, there's this one passage describing John Legend, how he's going to vote for Warren. And he's like, hey, and, and you know, all the, you know, I'm going to vote for whoever in the primary. So everybody chill. To quote the New York Times, this did not necessarily land with its intended audience. Quote, some of you millionaires need to realize that many of us actually need Bernie Sanders to win the presidency, one account replied. We can't just chill. And that's like their example of like. Yeah, they should have showed all of the snake emo- poop emojis and stuff. Sure. Um, <laughs> but even that. So like the snake. I mean, we don't need to talk about that much. But I this, sending snake emojis to a, a politician is like, I don't know. They're, they're politician. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I think it's it really depends on the context, but we don't need to get derailed by that. We don't. Um, this uh, article, I, I see what you're saying. Um, it's one of the things that's frustrating to me about coverage like that is that it it sort of acts as if um, like I've had responses where like I express an opinion and get swarmed by a bunch of assholes who mm-hmm. uh, are being wildly unreasonable and aggressive about it for basically every opinion that I've ever expressed. Um like it's it like there's there's communities of like if you take a stance on something on the damn internet, um, you're going to like there's a good chance you'll attract a bunch of harassment from it because that's the yeah. internet. If uh, you attack, for example, if I insult Elon Musk, uh, I will deal with Elon Musk fanboys totally. in my mentions. If I insult Andrew Yang, I will deal with Andrew Yang fanboys in my mentions. Mm-hmm. And neither of those guys uh, get ha- the New York Times being like, this is a problem that, that, you know, Andrew Yang has to address or this is a problem that Elon Musk has to address. Um, but it's treated as if it's like some unique aspect of the Sanders campaign when well, I don't think it is. I think it's just the fact that like it's it's an it's fandom. Bernie has yeah. a dedicated fandom and sure. dedicated fans will do abusive, shitty things to people who attack the thing that they yeah. the thing that they're a fan of. And that's true of Bernie. It's also true of, for example, Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I, um, I, I agree with that. Or Donald Trump. It's true. You know, you're you're both right about that. But I think it's undeniable how much of it is happening right now around this conversation and around Bernie. I mean, yes, I, you put something out there and you're going to get responses from people. You're putting it out there and, and who knows what's, who's going to read it. And some people are going to agree with you and some people aren't. It feels unique to me. And I've been on a woman online for a long time now. Uh, around this conversation, I mean, just the nature of a lot of the responses. How about how many people respond to me saying that Cody needs to talk sense into me? That's fucking sexist. I'm sorry. 
I don't get that from other people and other conversations and other candidates. Anyway, but, now I'm getting worked up about I, it. But I hear, like, yeah, I hear you. I I think that there wouldn't be that different of a reaction if you were a man and we had this disagreement on and talked about it on the podcast a lot. Maybe I don't know. Because Katie, in your soft brain, have Cody talk some sense into you does not feel necessarily like phrasing someone would say. To I see soft anyway, and smooth brain. To, to every person okay. on the internet. It's, anyway, like a, I, it's, like, it's like a thing that people I say on the internet. do I, not I just, mean to make this heated and personal. I'm sorry for that. But I, I agree with you and I think that, and, and, I, and I do think it's a problem across the board. And that's why I said what I said earlier, which is that I, I, I want it to be better within the Bernie camp, but I also want it to be better across the board with all of us in this conversation. But I think that we should move on to other topics. How do you guys feel about that? You don't want to have more fun with this? I do want to. I want to have more fun with other things. Oh, okay. All right. Um, let's talk about some endorsements that they both have been getting because they've both had a big week. A lot of people have attacked Bernie for accepting the endorsement of the Dallas Book Depository. But, <laughs> mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's done a lot for him over the years. Uh, the only the endorsement they've ever given. <laughs> the only uh, endorsement they've ever given. And I, I think we should be able to move on as a nation at this mm-hmm. point. I accept that. I agree with you. Let's uh, talk about the Des Moines Register because uh, Warren scored that one this week. It's a pretty big deal considering that the Iowa caucus is just days away. Yes. Um, you know, at the top of the article, they have a list of the highlights, which include many of her ideas aren't radical. They are right. Uh, she must show that her vision will lift people up rather than divide them. She cares about people and she will use her seemingly endless energy and passion to fight for them. Um, the outstanding caliber of Democratic candidates make it difficult to choose just one. So I know you've got some thoughts on this. Um, I'll just start by saying I know a lot of people have pointed to the many of her, her ideas aren't radical line as, you know, kind of proof that she's the more centrist of the candidate. And I guess that's true. Uh, I mean, of the two. Of the two. Yeah, and yeah. then as we we're going to talk about their different policies soon. And I think you'll see that they aren't that much different. There's some like key differences. Um, uh, so to me, that she's not that ra- her, her her ideas aren't that radical is like well she's really not that different than yeah. Bernie yeah I think it's more just like the phrasing of like it, clearly like they're trying to be like don't worry she's not that radical she's like right. she was used to be a Republican guys yeah um, and, like that line and is I think in there it's too, important and... to keep in mind that this is like a much more conservative state and you know mm-hmm. so they're trying to appeal to who the voters of of this publication and, and who vote there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, go ahead and, and say what your thoughts oh, are. Oh, uh, just, I just wanted to make a quick note about the Des Moines Register endorsement and I guess endorsements in general. Um, uh, so the past candidates, uh, who have been endorsed by the Des Moines Register, I'm going to go back to like late eighties, I think. Um, Paul Simon, not who you're thinking of. I did immediately think of. Paul Simon, you're thinking of. Uh, Paul Simon, Bob Dole, Bill Bradley, George W. Bush II. All right, guys, George W. Bush. I'm going to start this list again. Hold on. Uh, Paul Simon, Bob Dole, Bill Bradley, Bush II, John (laughs) Edwards, Hillary Clinton in 2008, as well as uh, John McCain uh, in 2012, Clinton and Rubio in 2016. So... Of all of those, uh, I think only two of them actually won sure. Iowa, like the Iowa caucus yeah. specifically. And of all of them, only one was as was, was the president. Um, and it, we don't need to talk about the 2000 election. But uh, and this isn't to say that like it's not cool that she got it. Uh, there's a video of her learning the news that's actually yeah. very very cute. Um, and, she's cute. Uh, it's like she's like really excited. and It's like great uh, for the campaign. But 
And so I'm not saying like it doesn't matter. I'm just saying that it's not like this big thing and endorsements in general these days, like the New York Times endorsement where they split it down the middle and they yeah, chose to and like they treated it like a reality show, uh, even though they hate the reality show president. Um, this and sort of uh, a little bit about what Rob was talking about earlier and sort of the, the slow deterioration of uh, these institutions and journalism in general. I think this is a good example yeah. of it. We're like, does it really matter? Does did the endorsement move the needle at all for Amy Klobuchar? I doubt it. Um, maybe maybe a few people. Sure. But um, like, but like just in general, uh, do I endorsements want, yeah. at all. Right. Do um, anything. Like I know, um, like uh, like five thirty eight is doing a whole like these are your endorsement points, right. but it's two thousand twenty. Uh, Donald Trump became the president. Right? Does any of this matter? Right. Uh, another point. Uh, another thing that was included in this endorsement: uh, a qualification. Some of her ideas for big structural change go too far. This board could not endorse the wholesale overhaul of corporate governance or cumulative levels of taxation, she proposes. While the board has long supported single-payer health insurance, it believes a gradual transition is more realistic approach. But Warren is pushing in the right direction. Yeah, um, yeah. basically, we're the New York Times, and we don't yeah. support doing anything uh, yeah. Real. Well, this is the okay. Des Moines yeah. Register, that but sounds, yes. That sounds, but, that yeah. sounds <laughs> consistent. Um, yeah. Do you want to say this next thing you have? Oh, yeah. Um, I think that's – it's. we'll probably talk about this a little bit more in it's like, amazing. the policy-specific stuff. But like the phrasing, pushing in the right direction, I think right. is a big distinction. There's between pushing in the right direction and like – uh, doing the right thing mm-hmm. and just being like, no, this is what we're going to do. We're going to fight for this yeah. thing that is right as opposed to we're going to push in the right direction. You know, it's, it's the, yeah, it's, I get it. It's sort I, of the, the Buttigieg plenty bold kind yeah, of stuff. I get it. I get why that's annoying. Um, and I agree. I don't like that part. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Bernie and Joe Rogan. Joseph Rogan? Joseph Rogan. Joseph Biden at Rogan. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> of course, earlier this week, Joseph Biden at Rogan uh, endorsed Bernie Sanders. I will say real quick, he didn't necessarily endorse him. He said, quote, He's I'm probably, probably going to vote for Bernie. Yeah. Um, we can play the clip, but and, we don't need to. Yeah. And like, it's you know, obviously, like, that's that's showing support. <laughs> and he, he went on to talk about it. But yeah. like this, like, oh, he endorsed him. No. OK, but I, mean, I don't that is an endorsement. It, <laughs> I'll probably vote for him. I don't know if that's an endorsement. Kind of is. Um, but it's not he, quite. I, he Joe. He expressed he support. Joe Rogan like, endorsed him. Yeah. <laughs> Point taken. Um, and I don't have a problem with that. That's great. I, it, the, co- the conversation about this was confusing online <laughs> yeah, yeah. because, like, that's not a problem. Yeah, it was I, so I don't frustrating. know that people are. It's great. I don't know actually. that people are. <laughs> it's why proof are we of debating what people that? have been saying for a long time um, about his well, broad you know, appeal. Like, okay. So a lot of the a lot of the 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 blowback against this came from the fact that Joe Rogan has uh, said horrible things about trans people in the past. Yes. And so there were folks being like, I don't know if I'll vote for Bernie now that he's like now that he's uh, uh, touting this endorsement. I, I, and like what I I don't know, like it's one of those things where I didn't see what Bernie like Bernie's the way he touted the uh, the endorsement, so to speak, was very carefully not endorsing Joe Rogan. It was quoting Joe Rogan saying something nice about Bernie, yeah. which I see as fine. Like I get why people are angry at Joe Rogan. I am permanently angry at Joe Rogan, but I think it's short-sighted to take issue with a guy that influential 
being like, yeah, vote for Bernie Sanders. Uh, right. That, that's that's a, a positive thing. That is a positive thing. I have a slightly different perspective in that. I mean, I'm not ex- extraordinarily pissed at Bernie for sharing, for retweeting that. I don't think it was necessary. And I think that, again, we can't possibly speak for everybody. I've seen a, I, I've tried to just participate, like watch the conversation unfold. Yeah. You know, I think that it's. I don't think that they he gets more votes by sharing it. I think that he offends a lot of people within his base. And a lot of people aren't. But a lot of people don't care. But there are a lot of people whose existence Joe Rogan kind of denies and that support right, him. Yeah. And and I don't see what is gained by that because anybody following Bernie that likes Bernie uh, isn't convinced by Joe Rogan. The, the, the fact that Joe Rogan said that he's probably going to vote for him, great. <laughs> That's all that. That's right. as far as it needed to go. Right. For him, me. him saying that on the show is what do, does it. Also, like the conversation that they had uh, when he was on, and like the comments in that. It's like, okay, yeah, it's clearly, like it's a, an effective thing. Right. Um, and I think, I, and like I totally understand. And I, I like I like you said, like I've mostly just been listening to what people yeah. have to say about it. I've seen uh, a lot of people in the trans community have issue with it, and a lot of people not have issue with it. I think what. The better move is because it's not like, oh, look, we got Joe. It's uh, presenting what he said and saying, look at how convincing we are. It's not saying that like, oh, we got Joe and we like him, which they didn't say. But it's presenting it like, look at how effective this is. And I posit that's something that surrogates and what people can do. Like AOC well, or Well, right, they'll, somebody, and they'll point to it. I would... and, and they could say something like, we – there's, since there's a little bit of distance, they can say something like, we understand that Joe Rogan maybe does – we don't agree with him on all X, Y, or Z, but here's how we can bridge the divide. There's We'd love to have to AOC it. on the show so she can talk to him about these issues or, or But we didn't like that. do that. That's not what happened. <laughs> so that's all. That's that's my whole perspective. But I also don't think that it makes – that it's inherently – <laughs> it's just everything should come down a notch. Yeah, it, everything should come down a notch. Because, um, yeah, and I think uh, – it is a good point to say, look at how convincing we are. There was no compromise there. The platform hasn't changed. His opinions haven't changed be, uh, in order to get Joe's endorsement. Right. He stuck to his guns, and that's what was convincing. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the argument there, not necessarily lifting up this, uh, you know, like transphobic guy who's had a lot of like pretty horrible people on his show to sort of spread their uh, yeah. false message. Um, also, just real quick on this issue, this is again – like you said, like bring it down a notch, everybody. Um, and it's another yeah. example of it's, it's, uh, uh, never Trump Republicans, uh, centrist lib uh, pundit folk to pounce on an issue and use like the trans community and other communities as like a cudgel to beat Bernie Sanders down. Yeah, I, I, I've I've seen more rage about this, particularly from like. Uh, kind of centrist Democrat media people online than over any of the th- awful, actual awful things that Donald Trump has done yeah. to harm trans people in the United States. Right. Um, it's and I'm even like Hillary about, like, Clinton centrist had Democrat responses to this. Yeah, Hillary Clinton had transphobic comments yeah. like earlier last year or like late last year. Um, but that and wasn't it's an not issue. Like it, yeah. It, I even get it. Uh, like, uh, like a few days ago, uh, like right after this happened, uh, Pete Buttigieg uh, got endorsed by Charlemagne. 
Explain. Uh, and and uh, it, it's the uh, the 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 king of of the Holy no. Roman Yeah, that's Empire? confusing. Hold on, not Charlemagne, the historical figure. Talk about Charlemagne the God. He hosts uh, the Breakfast Club. Okay. Radio stuff. Big Pete fan. Video of Pete with him. Uh, being like, look, I got, I got Charlemagne, and mm-hmm. uh, it's just sort of, it, it's, it's literally like, how did that happen? I don't know, but it's like, it's even a far, it's a farther That's step baffling. from what the Bernie campaign did. Sure. It's him literally in a video being like, look, I'm with him, and we're, we're doing an event together. It is him, like really touting the endorsement, but like he's talked so, he said so many transphobic things in his career. Mm-hmm. Like two years ago, he has this whole thing about how. It's okay if families want to keep their bloodline pure be- and like compared it to like dog breeding and stuff. Ew. Just like some pretty like racist transphobic stuff. Nobody cares. People aren't making hay out of this. They're not being like Pete needs to denounce this. Pete's oh Pete oh, yeah, Pete. But and it's because I don't, I don't think that yeah, I hear you. And and it's just it's an, just another example Again. of like the using these little things that that our conversation is worth having. Yeah. Uh that the media pounces on. And yeah. use it as like we finally got them. They are uh, a big problem. It's very frustrating. Um, we gotta take a quick break for more products and yeah. services. Welcome to the worst year ever. We'll get through together or not. Bean Dad, the dress, thirty to fifty feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor. Gene, we'll boot it. Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Gene, and last on the business. 
I understand now. She's a wise man, Marie's a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Jean. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Jean, run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return, your time won't, and we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Everything is so dumb, 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 dumb. Oh, nice. Back from that little break. I love breaks. Mm-hmm. I love breaks as much as Bernie Sanders loves taking the succession of American presidents into his own hands with the cold steel <laughs> of an Italian rifle. Um, back into the left. I want Back to, into uh, the far left, right? Back back into the far left, which is mm-hmm. actually not what happened after the Kennedy situation, uh, assassination. Anyway, uh, I don't know. Before we like move on, I kind of wanted to talk about something that, that frustrates me just about the whole Joe Rogan debate, which is yeah. um, there are no debates uh, uh, on the <laughs> other side about what works. It's just purely a matter of of taking and holding and exercising power. Um, Mm -hmm. and I don't, I'm not advocating, uh, uh, like an embrace of, of soulless sociopathic, uh, politics of power because that's not what I want the left to be. But I think a little bit more pragmatism, uh, is warranted, uh, to where we can say, like, it would be one thing I wouldn't be suggesting this if, for example, Sanders had softened at all his attitudes on trans rights to get Joe Rogan's endorsement. But he didn't. He just right. connected with Rogan and his audience about other things that they agreed on. And I think that makes uh, it like that's how what we should be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not going to, by the time 2020 rolls around, convince everybody that uh, it's reasonable to be pro-choice or that, uh, you know, trans people's rights are as important as we think they are. As long as you're not conceding those points, if you're getting those people to buy onto other aspects of your agenda, um, then it allows you to continue to support uh, pro-choice, pro-trans yeah. politics, while also making other things happen um, and protecting all of these different communities. And hopefully over time, changing the opinions of these people. Sure. Um, right. That's I, the ultimate I, I goal. You bring them in. The, yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I agree. I totally agree. And, yeah. and that's why I, I found the whole conversation to be frustrating. It, like, well, we're focusing on the wrong yeah. things here. Um, let's talk a little bit about uh, their platforms and the ways that they're different and everything on a, on a few of the key issues here. Um, Cody, you have been digging into I this mean, a little bit. I mean, just a bit. little bit, yeah. Um, um, we want to start with the wealth tax? Yeah. I mean, this is, uh, I think, just a representation of sort of the difference between the two. Um you know, there. I uh, this Warren support of a wealth tax is great. Um, Bernie's is a little more aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, it, and so that's the, a, a conversation of like what. To me, they're probably both off-putting to certain sects of the uh, population. Yeah. Um. His his gets uh his kicks in at thirty two point one million. Um, hers kicks in at 50.1 million. Um, I do think it's interesting if there's certain people I've noticed, uh, leaning towards Warren and then you look at their net worth and it's in that range. Mm -hmm. It's less than 50. It's like, oh, you just don't want anything to kick in. And not (laughs) like, maybe not, but like, uh, 
that's a fun little game uh, that is worth playing <laughs> if you notice a rich sure. person uh, leaning towards Warren. Also, his I mean, his plan is a progressive tax. Um, so it slowly, you know, it goes up uh, as the wealth increases. So it, you know, uh, 50 million is 2% and then 250 million is 3%, 500, 4%. Whereas hers is just right. 2% and 3% sure. uh, yeah. difference there. Uh, and obviously I would His like goes up to 8%. To, yeah. Tax them. Tax mm-hmm. the fuckers. Yeah. Um, I, you know, there is yeah. a conversation that I don't know. I don't know <coughs> how... <sighs> How much more likely people that are on the fence uh, are to vote for Warren on this issue versus Bernie? You know, like what? How does this affect the electability question and yeah. all of that? I, I wish, uh, you know, because I think that both of those these plans would be great, uh, but obviously one is better. Right. Well, I think also like we consider like who we're even talking about, like uh, in terms of millionaires. I think it's like a little less than like five percent of the country. Um, so in terms of like who. What kind of voters it attracts? Yeah, um, I guess. Do it's... we need to worry about that really? Um, and even like, I mean, we, we won't get too much into their Wall Street stuff, but like, uh, I think there's 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 some uh, hedging of bets and l- sort of like, okay, well, if it's going to be Bernie or Warren, her because it's less aggressive. I, I think there's one other dimension to it, which is that. Um... Like obviously, I I am more supportive of uh, uh, Bernie Sanders' wealth tax because it's more aggressive. But I think, w- based on the latest statistics I saw, Warren's polls much better, and it actually yeah. a majority of Republicans are supportive of it. And so I think if the goal is to start with start wealth redistribution and show Americans that it can work and that it can fund these programs that we've been saying are necessary for so long. Um, it's possible that Warren's strategy is a better tactical move because it's right. easier to get, for example, conservatives on board with and then convince them, no, you guys actually like having free health care and stuff. Right. And this, you know, doesn't harm it. Like, right. Yeah. And then we can, you know, push for more aggressive wealth taxes down the line. Right. Um, but so yeah, that's I like, think that's an important kind of dimension. I think that with a, a few of her policies, that seems to be the conversation that we will be having and. And honestly, the conversation that I think that we should be focusing on instead of stuff that <laughs> about how the candidates are or are not arguing over whether or not a woman can be the president, <laughs> right? Um, you know, it's the same thing with the Medicare for all. Like, what what is the best path to getting these things? Um, and I know that also you the conversation about whether or not we can trust her uh, gets wrapped up into this as sure. well. But yeah, I think that's a really great point, Robert, and something that I. I'm still grappling with and and trying to think about and and see. I'm so excited to start seeing how these primaries are going to be playing out, um, and 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 to get an actual start to get a real grasp on like what is resonating with people outside of just statistics. Um, yeah. Do you want to talk yeah, about more um, things? Yeah. Um, and I think this. I mean, this is also like I think there's something to consider in terms of like aggressive or not aggressive and how that appeals to voters versus how passable it is as actual legislation um, and getting conservatives to go along with it and like yeah it's all part of the same conversation Um, and like we've talked about before of basically no matter what you propose it more than likely that you're going to get less than what you propose um, just because of how our system works so pushing for as far as you can and then having to be like all right well it's not going to be as much, I guess. But, I mean, I, I I hear that. I I 
I hear that. It's just so hard to know. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, talk some more about um, more yeah. things. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, there's Medicare for all. Medicare for all, I think, is probably the biggest one, and sort of speaks to uh, yeah, this sort of general issue, like what you were talking about, of like uh, Robert, how a case could be made for doing something to convince people that going further is good. Where, like, for her Medicare for All, which she does still say she supports, is to pass legislation to, like, bring the age down, uh, have it uh, people up to 18. And that's just and for, the like that. years, for the first two years, right? two years. And then after that, transitioning. Well, after that, there'd be another, like, vote uh, right. to expand it. Um, which, uh, again, I mean, there's just a lot but to say is, about that. And, there's a lot to say. And and, I, and that's another one that I'm, I'm, I'm not sure still where I fall as to what's the uh, – the right path. Can we trust her? <laughs> that always comes up. Can we trust sure. that that's what she's actually going to be driving towards? I th- I don't see any reason not to, but I understand that concern. I personally don't see any reason mm. not to. Um, and I hear you. Like, is that shooting ourselves in the foot with this conversation, with this fight? Or, when you require midterms to or, go your way to, right. in order to pass the that. step two. Or is it realistically that's how it's going to take even even with the bernie presidency how is he going to get us there um is this a more palatable plan it's an actual plan i'll give her that you know um as to how we're going to achieve this thing that the majority of americans want um and yeah that's so i i I don't know the answer to that (laughs) yeah um it's uh it's a debate worth having um i do question yeah just like if you're ha- if you're uh starting at we're gonna do med for care for all and then the plan comes out and it's like actually this several step plan that requires this one thing first and then this um and again like midterms going well um and then also sort of talking about how like well, we're not going to get everything done that we say um which uh, that's politics immediately gonna, yeah um th- then like personally i'm like well just say you want to do the thing and yeah. and do that um cuz then I, I at least believe that you want to do that as sure. opposed to the sort of like well maybe, uh, let's talk uh, about some more things student debt yeah um i mean uh student debt and like again this is like they they generally agree on a lot of things yeah. they want you know get get rid of private prisons like a, a lot of the big issues that uh are now uh standard for like being a democratic progressive and like wanting like we want to get rid of private prisons we want to do this we want to do something about mm-hmm. climate change um, it's just the degree and the plan and uh, yeah, to and what how extent. they how they how they plan to distribute the money, right? How they plan to like uh, like Bernie wants to get rid of all student debt. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elizabeth Warren wants to get rid of most of student debt, mm-hmm. uh, like up to I think seventy five percent of people uh, people with up to fifty thousand dollars of student debt. Right. Um, that's a distinction. Um, one like yeah, they're both good. Um, it's how far you want to go. Um, mm-hmm. uh, similarly, like uh, like with climate change. Uh, yeah, so they've got different types, different amount of, amounts of money that they're proposing, but a different approach. Yeah, um, like Sanders is all in on like this idea of a Green New Deal. Like here's our climate change legislation. Mm-hmm. Um, not that uh, Warren isn't like for that, but she sort of packages a lot of it into other plans where she's like, and we're talking about the military, we're going to do have and climate see, change. And see, I love that. I I yeah, would like no. there to be more money in her plan, but I also think that that's a, a really effective and important approach to this is to integrate 
all of these things into different areas yeah, of life. Yeah, for sure. It's, it, it, it's in everything. It's a part of everything. Yeah, I mean, do. there's a reason that, like, whenever they have debates, someone ultimately is like, why aren't we talking about climate change? Or, like, why aren't we talking about climate change in relation to this right. question? Um, oh, and uh, so 16, what, 16.3 trillion versus 3 trillion, I think, is the plan difference. Right. And I agree. I think it's, yeah, it's important to have... Uh, climate change in mind in mm-hmm. all these other departments and plans. Um, like when uh, Trump's new trade deal came out, Bernie went a whole thing about how like, this doesn't mention climate yeah, change and, once. And, and that's the one of the main things that I've been disappointed about with Warren is that she did go along with it. And I get it, like the, the hassle of passing a new trade deal down the line and this mm-hmm. whole, it, it, I, I understand the reason why, but I, I do think that yeah, let's not pass one until it includes it. I, I agree with that. Right, yeah. And, and yeah, little things like that. Um, and related to climate change, like I think another good example of kind of what we're talking about, Bernie's talked about prosecuting ExxonMobil mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, really going after these companies. Um, and Warren hasn't not done that, but her approach is more about creating rules that if they break them, they will be prosecuted, See, which is good to do. Uh, yeah, I feel like it's kind of the same thing, ultimately. Like, what does she she have a quote here? If bad actors like Exxon break the rules and deliberately lie to government agencies, my plan will treat them the same way as the law treats someone who lies in court by subjecting them to prosecution for perjury. So that's great, and this is uh, a part of her plan. Like, she's going to put these rules in place uh, mm-hmm. so that if they lie and do it X and Y, then they will be prosecuted. Uh, but I do think there is a difference between. Saying, like, we're going to put in rules, and if they break them, they're going to get prosecuted. And, oh, yeah, they've lied to us for decades, and uh, we're going to prosecute them. I like, just I, – I feel like it's pretty I, – I, I hear you. I – I think it's a minor distinction because it's going to – I understand. It's not a minor distinction. He wants to prosecute them for stuff that's already happened and she's saying like let's move forward with these new regulations in place and if this happens, then we will prosecute them. Slight different. They both seem tough to me. But those are, No, they're, they're, they're both tough and that's, mm-hmm. that's the thing. Again, the thing we're sort of talking about, like they're both good. It's good <laughs> that we, ha- we have these two candidates uh, that exist. It's just the aggressiveness and, and yeah. the not. And so a lot of this sort of brings me to my real my my real thing. Sure, okay. <laughs> um, and like you were like, look at let's look into some policy, let's compare and contrast. And my thing is that <laughs> I don't super care, like about the very specifics of it. Like it's like it's very similar to me when uh, you just you like about, him more. Well, well, no, it's not like uh, Medicare for all, and then how are you going to pay for it? It's that where it's like I don't care when talking about like a president or a leadership. I'm less interested in the very specifics of the plans because ultimately people like you get a policy team together and you make the policy uh, and it's all based off vision. And that's, I think, that's the thing that I care more about is uh, having vision and uh, commitment to these Mm. things. Makes me a little nervous, but I hear you. I understand what you're saying. Like the role of a president, a leader. It's like the it's why. Nowadays, in 2020, you might hear the phrase, uh, healthcare is a human right. And you wouldn't have heard that five years ago. Um, and there's a reason. And it's yeah, because it's a vision. A vision and leadership uh, has pushed I us do, to all sort of adopt I, that. I do um, think that the next step to enacting that vision is a plan. I don't. I know. I agree. <laughs> I'm just saying that, like, 
the specifics of that plan. <laughs> Don't matter to you. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying <laughs> I'm they sorry, mean I'm less to you. me because uh, all the things that we're talking about now, like, oh, we got to do this. We got to do this. Go ahead and do this. I'm not saying Warren hasn't supported that, but right. I'm saying that the reason we're talking about them and the reason that these ideas have taken over the Democratic Party are because of this vision. Because of Bernie's vision. I mean, be- yeah. I mean, he's the person that has been. I'd say that. Phrase. Not him specifically. Um, obviously, there's a but movement yeah, behind I mean, it, but like, I think that has a lot to do with the healthcare thing. Healthcare thing, um, and uh, just in general, I think that, uh, that that so like when we're talking about like what's uh, this plan? What's this plan? It's like, ah, well, I just want a person that I believe. But you can understand a person that I believe believes the things that they say and have been saying for decades. But you could probably understand, I imagine, why a lot of people do care about uh, having an idea. And I'm not saying he doesn't have, and, but he has plans. I'm just saying, yeah. that personally, I'm like, eh. yeah. Um, so before we leave here, I I wanted to give room for, uh, you know, other, other points, uh, specifically, Robert, you wanted to talk about the blood quantum stuff. And I think that that's pretty important to get into before we end this. Yeah. And this is obviously something that there's no comparison with Sanders because Bernie Sanders did not labor, labor under the misconception that he had Native American blood for decades. Yeah. He just Um, killed a president. But uh, but yeah, he is on the lam. He the did law. he did kill uh, President John. That's why he does Kennedy. so many rallies because he's, he's on the he's on the run. It's impossible. It's just constantly <laughs> evading the police. You know, <laughs> he's hiding from the cops. I gotta go in a minute. They're after me. <laughs> uh, you know, no. Bernie just wrote some weird erotic uh, essays mm. in when he was younger, uh, and we did talk about this a bit on the on the Elizabeth Warren episode, but. I think that some of you guys um, yeah. wanted to hear more about it, and I agree. I agree with you. So let's let's do yeah. It. And this is I, I wanted to point out like uh, I'm not doing this as like a, an attack on her. I've stated my opinion on like her actual level of culpability. I think other than it being a really dumb, incredibly dumb yeah. decision. Like I don't think what she did was like horrifically immoral or cruel. I think it was pretty coming up, growing up where she grew up and in, in a community like the one she grew up in. I think it's a pretty and knowing the era she grew up in, it's a pretty common mistake to have made. Um, but a number of Native American folks reached out on yeah. Twitter after the last episode where we talked about this and and wanted to make sure that I kind of pointed out the context of why it was yeah. troubling. Yeah. Um, because there's there's some really important information about um, kind of the way Native Americanness is determined legally, um, that what she did fed into – um, that goes back pretty far, and it's yeah. it's kind of important to talk about. And, and it, it goes back to something called uh, blood quantum, which is a system that the federal government put on tribes in order to limit the number of people who could call themselves Native American. Um, and a number of Native nations do not use blood quantum, but like the Navajo Nation and the Turtle Mountain Band of Chippewa Indians and a number of others still do use it. Um, how tribes use blood quantum varies from tribe to tribe, uh, the Navajo require about uh, 25% of Navajo blood in order to call like be considered Navajo. Turtle Mountain requires 25% of any kind of Indian blood. Um, but blood quantum minimums, like um, like one of the problems is that they were essentially set up back in the day by the United States in order to ensure that there would kind of always be a declining number of, of, of Native Americans. So if you've got 25% Navajo blood um, and you have children with somebody who has a lower blood quantum, then your kids by definition will not be able to enroll mm-hmm. as Navajo, which is like one of the, the issues with mm-hmm. the system. 
Um, I found an article uh, which interviews a woman named Elizabeth Rule. She's a doctoral candidate at Brown University, specializes in Native American studies, and she's a, a Chickasaw uh, Nation citizen. Um, and she calls this a colonial catch-22, um, basically because like there's kind of no perfect way to deal with this problem because it's been sort of enshrined in law for so long. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a really thorny issue and I'm not going to be able to give like uh, a super complex like explanation of it. One of the problems is that it doesn't go along with how these actual tribes for thousands of years prior to the United States, like determined uh, membership in the tribe. Mm -hmm. Most of them didn't. Obviously, you couldn't do blood tests a thousand years ago. So like that wasn't even really a part of it. Like there's a a long history of, for example, freed black people uh, being fully incorporated into uh, Native American tribes. Um, And then when sort of like the blood quantum thing like came into being because of the United States government, these guys were basically kicked out of the tribes that they'd been fully accepted in because their blood wasn't Native American. Right. Um, and so like it's it's a very like complicated issue. Um, and it it basically guarantees that over time uh, uh, Native Americans will basically breed themselves yeah. out of existence, um, which in a fortunate coincidence, means that the federal government will no longer have to continue hmm. like maintaining the legal <clears throat> obligations that they have to the treaties yes. that they signed Fortunate with these tribes that they gradually die out as a result of this blood quantum thing. And so kind of by um and again this is like a very rough overview of 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 what the blood quantum sort of is. I think I'm going to do a behind the bastards episode on just sort of how Uh, tribes were treated by uh, the U.S. government at some point that goes into this in more detail. But by by specifically sort of trying to prove her claim to indigenous blood or indigenous uh, heritage by taking a blood test, Warren sort of bought into this Mm -hmm. system, which is very problematic and very heavily debated. And so that's one reason why uh, she attracted a a sizable amount of criticism. Um, But it's also sort of evidence that like, you know, again – um, her belief that she had this blood comes down to um, – or had this heritage comes down to some very um, incorrect ideas about Native American heritage that have been passed through my people for a very long time, yeah. uh, particularly in Oklahoma. Um, and her sort of going with a blood test uh, and John Lovett's uh, suggesting a blood test mm-hmm. in order to to prove her heritage – is is you know buying into this long tradition, and so it's it's definitely a, a dumb and and lame thing that she and yeah. her campaign agreed to do, but more to the point, it's like there's a, an incredibly long and lame and shitty history that is attached to all of this, yeah. and uh, one of the deep frustrations of this election is that if Elizabeth Warren continues to be a a, a major force in the election, uh, and I like her politics, and and I hope that she is a part of it. Um, People like the president will continue to drag. Uh, yeah. uh, it's just going to continue to be a yeah. real pain in the ass for the Native American community, yeah. and that's yeah, frustrating. Yeah, it's going to get yeah. grosser and yeah. grosser. And and I and again, we didn't talk about this nearly enough when we did her episode, but I do think we we mentioned it. Like that, that's mm-hmm. a big caveat for me with her is how she handled this situation. Yeah, I think she made a mistake. Uh, I think that she could have done a better job owning up to that mistake addressing it, addressing and, like, it. Why, yeah. and if she does get the nomination if she does continue i think that we would need to see that because there's a lot of communities 
that are, you know, are rightfully upset about it. And this would be a good opportunity to draw attention mm-hmm. to an issue that most people don't understand yeah. or are aware of. And so there's that. I am also worried about how, yeah, we're talking about things that the president is going to use to weaponize against his opponent. This is one of them. So it it is absolutely yeah. something that we need to keep in mind. I I I understand in a way, you know, like there's a pro- uh, it sucks our society and the, the time that she grew up in and where she grew up in. But you know, like and and in yeah. She grew up with this narrative and she grew up with this story that was false of who she is. I don't, you know, and and she benefited from it and she's white, you know. <laughs> like right. she is. Uh and and yeah. and she and and we uh, And that's super lame. Yeah. It's super lame. And we culturally have learned and changed. Um and you know, you'd like to think that if she was a kid now, maybe it would be a different story this isn't making an excuse i'm just putting it all into perspective but again like i said yeah. i think that she handled it wrong yeah and like being able to i think being able to handle those kinds of things and address yeah uh, those issues is really important leading up to this year uh like they're gonna throw so much stuff at everybody um and yeah how that's handled i think is important like yeah. you know like we're not going to talk about biden or anything but you know when he's criticized he yeah. freaks out and he can't handle it he like grabs people by the collar he's like hey man uh and yeah. like how uh the criticism is addressed i think is uh gonna play into it yeah, quite a bit so in terms of like uh just because i don't want to be uh just stating what i think are different native american attitudes on this i actually want to quote um uh, a Medium article I found from uh, someone named uh, Eli Tatosian um, uh, titled Warren and the Blood Quantum that kind of goes into uh, at least this one this one indigenous person's perspective on um, on all this uh, and like how it's impacted uh, their life. Uh, quote, uh, along with criticism of Warren, a wave of general distrust and prove it began to spread through the United States, uh, placing a negative spotlight on indigenous folks. This is after her blood test. Uh, suddenly the question of what percentage are you held more weight and not in a good way. Mm-hmm. And Kate E. Cannon describes that one day upon being asked how Indian she was, the man asking her stated that he was just trying to make sure you're not another Elizabeth Warren. Warren's claim created more pressure than ever for indigenous folks to prove their ancestry to people who were not entitled to such information. Mm-hmm. Cannon states that Warren answers the dog whistlers in a conversation about Indian, uh, uh, indigeneity uh, without indigenous input. She makes it seem like the percentage question is something that actually deserves an answer. Before Warren, it was possible to brush off the percentage question, to chuckle and chalk it up to a poorly phrased remark from a well-meaning person who just doesn't know any better. Now that blood quantum has been solidified as a political maneuver, I feel like the percentage question has lost its innocence. Yeah. So yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That's a, yeah. Whether intended or not, justifying yeah. the thing. Yeah, um, I completely agree. Um, and it it yeah. is a, it is absolutely a factor as to why I might not vote for her. And it also yeah <laughs> plays into um it's interesting there's that old uh, clip of Trump at a in a is in court about his casino stuff. He's talking about Native Americans uh and I think it's like about a claim to land and he's just like well they don't look like Native Americans to me. Mm-hmm. Um and it's just his that like Oh yes, yes. You know, remember that? It's mm-hmm. like sort of like playing Yeah. Yes. Playing into remember when Donald Trump said that in a court of law a couple of times really he repeated cool. himself a bunch actually it's very weird <laughs> but um uh just sort of like playing into his narrative and being unable 
not his specifically, but like uh, playing into it and not being able to really address it and justifying where he's coming from. Yeah. Um, it's going to be an issue. Okay, well, we're getting the wrap it up sign by Sophie, so that's what I'm going to do. I was going to do it anyway. Mm. We are going to wrap it up like Bernard Sanders wrapped up the presidency of John Fitzgerald Kennedy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that home. A Robert. scoped rifle. So eloquently, so poetically. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. You guys can find us online on Twitter and Instagram at Worst Year Pod. Uh, please find us online on Twitter and Instagram. Find us online and yell at us. Um, Yeah, please. Be mean to us online. Please be mean to us online. Uh, No, a lot of you guys have been really kind and cool. Like, profoundly abusive to me online. To Mm -hmm. them, not to me. Only nice things to me. And I need it. Um, uh, Say what you need to say. Try to be kind about it. (laughs) Uh, To everybody that's reached out over the last week, I really appreciate you. You're wonderful. To everyone who hasn't, go fuck yourself. No, you're fine. I mean, live your life. Yeah. Uh, Cool. Boy, howdy. I, uh, oh. I, I, uh, I hope that all of this joking about Bernie Sanders assassinating a former president uh, uh, has not harmed our chances of interviewing him. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he needs to answer for it someday. So, yeah. Bernie, now come he, here and clear up the record. It's out there. It's out there, Bernie. It's out there. All right. All right. It's out there. Correct the, the record, is Bernie. Being discussed. <laughs> all right. Um, I'll see you guys next week. I guess. I tried. Yes. Daniel? Lovely. Worst Year Ever is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Bean Dad. The Dress. 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week, we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was good! But be careful. Because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I am the ferryman. In the shadows of the afterlife, the Ferryman of Souls guides America's most influential spirits to their eternal rest. Where are you taking me? Are you death? This road is not on any map. How much for a ticket? All I ask for in payment is a tale. I don't know who got to Kennedy first. And the devastation those first bombs caused. I've never been to hell, but I know intimately the hymns of the damned. Binge this season of The Passage now. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts.